Optimize My Life, the ultimate radio show where we unlock the secrets to living our best lives. Now, before we dive into this exciting journey of self-improvement and empowerment, I want to take a moment to thank our incredible sponsor, The Hope Collection, for making this show possible. Their unwavering commitment to spreading hope and positivity in our lives is truly remarkable. We believe in the power of interaction, so we want you to be a part of this incredible journey. Call in, write to us, or connect on social media. We'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and challenges. Together, we'll create a thriving community of like-minded individuals, supporting each other to thrive and shine. Well, good afternoon, everyone, or good morning, depending on where you're listening in on. Um, This is Linda um, Clayton, and I welcome you to the Nutrition Matters with Beth Wyman. And Beth, um, you know, what, excuse me, I have a problem in my throat. Um, healthy eating should be simple, and Beth's approach, excuse me, Beth's approach emphasizes the power of behavior change to foster lasting positive habits. She believes that by focusing on small incremental changes in habit stacking, we can create a healthier, more sustainable lifestyle. So welcome, Beth. I'm glad to um have you on the show today and I'm looking forward to just learning more about you know healthy eating and and nutrition overall. Thanks Linda. Yeah so last week um, Mary and I touched on this a little bit but in honor of um, Veterans Day coming up we talked about the changes that happen when um, when people who are highly active so like our service members usually are, um, what happens when they don't have to be active anymore, right? And the changes that come with that. Um, And Mary had a really interesting point um, last week that it should almost be part of like the process of leaving is telling you like, hey, you've been doing all of these things for your health without knowing it, like, you're either in for a big change or you're going to need to keep doing it to maintain, you know, the way that you're currently living. Um, Exactly. I don't know. So often we think of like lifestyle as like the things we can buy or the things that we can go do, but how you exercise and how you eat is certainly part of that lifestyle. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah, so there's there's large changes that come, right, from going to something very structured where you're told what to eat, when to eat, it's provided for you, you're told to exercise, and it's just built into your life, to then having to do it on your own. Um, mm-hmm. Right, and not being surrounded by people not automatically being surrounded by people that are trying to do the same things you are. Right. If you're, if you're 
like leaving the military and going to, um, you know, going back to like a hometown that's very sedentary or things like that, it's going to look and feel very different than somebody who maybe is going back to like a, a very highly active, um, health conscious um, area or family or friend group, things like that. So. Mm-hmm. It's something to definitely be aware of that maybe isn't the first thing that people think about when they're um, transitioning out of the military. But it's a it's an important part. My I just found out yesterday that my um, nephew, who's been in the Marines, is um, is coming home um, tomorrow, um, Thursday. Oh. Um, and I, you know, when I talked to my sister-in-law, I said, you know, just to visit. She said, no, it's been four, which I knew it was a bit of a long time, but it's been four years. And so this will be interesting, you know, too. And I'll bring it up to him. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, because again, it's he's in that situation right now. And it's. Um... So what happens is your body's gotten used to this state of what you can eat and what you need to eat in order to meet, like, the physical demands that you're putting on your body. So once those physical demands change, we don't usually consciously think, like, oh, hey, I need to eat differently because I'm not, you know, in the gym regularly. I'm not running regularly. Or, like, if you have a physically active job, you know, if you go home and start doing something completely different and move to like a something sedentary that's something to consider too like you don't have that regular daily movement so your needs change like the amount that you need to eat changes yeah Um, and you can get away with a lot when you're really active in terms of food choices without noticing the effects on the outside so think like somebody who's really really active can get away with like eating fast food or eating like what we would consider maybe not the greatest food choices, right? So a little bit higher processed, fried foods, things like that, because they're burning through the energy. Um, they're burning through all those extra calories. And so if they're choosing those same things when they come home, suddenly they're going to see the effects a lot faster um, than they would have before. Definitely. um, Yeah, one of the things that I typically hear is like, oh, well, your muscle turns to fat when you stop exercising. And that's that's not how it works. It doesn't, like, convert necessarily. (laughs) Uh, What happens is when you're not using those muscles, the, the muscle cells, the muscle fibers get smaller. So think about, like, somebody who's been in, like, a calf, right, and then they get their calf off of, like, whatever their arm or their leg, and that arm or leg or something is smaller than it was previously, and, like, you can compare it to the other side and see that it's a different size. Um, Yeah. Same thing happens with uh, when you stop working out. The, The muscles get smaller because you're not putting the stress on them that you were before. So you've got that change with muscles getting smaller, 
And then if you're still eating the same amount that you were but not using it, you're going to store it. And stored energy in our body is fat, right? That's what it's there for. It's there for insulation, stored energy, helping to produce hormones. But you'll get, you'll have more of it because you're going to be storing more of that energy that's coming in. So it, it looks like like muscle turning to fat, but it's really one's decreasing, the other's increasing. It's not that the muscle is suddenly becoming something different. That makes that makes perfect sense. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So like if you were so even if you stopped working out but then adjusted your calorie intake to be eating um something more in line with the the amount of energy that you're outputting right, you would still see body changes. You would still see that you're losing muscle mass um, because you're not using it. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't yeah. be as stressful. Um, <clears throat> well, you'd still have, you'd notice size loss. Um, and, I mean, depending on exactly what's happening, probably weight loss as well but it's not really mm-hmm. because you've cut back on calories. It's because you're losing muscle mass, right? So there's different, We've known different some, ways some, to lose weight. We've known some former um, football players and professional football players and looking at old pictures of, and then, and that, and, you know, he was in still very good shape. Um, wasn't, you know, but you could just notice the, um, the, you know, the amount of muscle he had, you know, really slimmed down um, compared to how he, he was when he was playing. Um, so that was that was really neat. I mean, it wasn't like he had, his muscle had turned to flab or anything like that, but he didn't have the bulk that he had when he was playing, um, obviously. Um, and so, you know, so... You know, as long as you're, you know, like with 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 him, you know, he kept, you know, in really good shape, but he wasn't the, um, he wasn't in football um, muscle. Let's put it that way. So, you know, that's yeah. You know, so it's <clears throat> yeah, it's the same sort of. It's the exact same thing that happens to. Um, professional athletes, college athletes, I mean, even high school athletes to a degree when they um, go from a an intense training regimen that their bodies become accustomed to and then transitioning to um, either something less intense or nothing at all. Um, mm-hmm. And these changes happen quickly, which I thought was really interesting because I was kind of – I'm looking for, like, a timeline – of what happens. And um, so this is looking at people that are like higher level athletes. So not somebody who goes to the gym like occasionally, but somebody who like, like your professional football players, people have made like a, essentially like a, a lifestyle or a job out of, going to the gym or that need to stay in extremely mm-hmm. good shape, uh, within the first few days, uh, you actually have an increase in your heart rate and you start to lose some of your endurance. That's one of the first things to change. Wow. So that's like 
that would impact like your running time or how you feel when you're running. Um, and then it takes a few weeks. When I was reading, I found anywhere from like two to four weeks for you to see those body composition changes that I mentioned, right, where you start to lose muscle and gain more fat mass. It it can take two to four weeks. It, it, it depends, which is always like the worst answer. But it depends on the level of activity and like the shift of like how active were you versus how inactive are you now. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's other things besides just body composition that change, like your heart rate changes, um, and your um, your blood sugar control actually changes as well. Um, so one of the things that happens when you are working out and exercising frequently is that your of like what's a good way to explain it? Basically like the, the increase in blood sugar after a meal is not quite as drastic because you're using the blood the sugar that's in your blood. So if you stop moving as much, you don't have that um like rapid use of the blood sugar so it stays up okay, for so longer after eating. Okay. So it's, yeah, so um, I know, like, with some of my diabetics that have trouble with blood sugar control and it's um, it's just a little bit off, if they get up and go for a walk after a meal, it helps them to just use up some of that sugar. And the, really the same thing happens for everybody, uh, not just diabetics. We all have a slight increase in our blood sugar after we eat, but... Um, somebody without diabetes, it naturally comes back down because we either use it or um, absorb it into ourselves. Somebody with diabetes has trouble putting it away into the cells. So, but they can still use it up by like going for a walk or exercising, things like that. And so that's why like, exercise helps with like for Thanksgiving meal afterwards, you shouldn't just go sit down and watch a movie. You should get up and take a take a short walk around the block or something, and then come back and have dessert maybe. <laughs> yeah, and you know it doesn't have to be anything big. I just feel like there's this misconception that exercise needs to be something extremely formal. Um, but especially when you're looking at something like that with helping with blood sugar control, like a walk, or like a 10 minute, 15 minute walk is plenty. It's going to help. It's going to make a difference. Um, Good to know. And that's something that like people that are transitioning to a less active lifestyle can certainly incorporate that nice, easy exercise at certain times, right? So with something that you're putting directly after the meal to help to help their body transition and help maintain some of like the really good aspects of exercise that they were getting when they were at a higher intensity level of exercise. You know, because not everybody might want to keep up that level of exercise when they when they get out of the military. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, right. Everyone's different. That may be the part that they, you know, disliked the most and so can't wait to stop. <laughs> but right. Well, you, know, you can just do um, exercise is a lifestyle, 
and you know if if you know um if if they can continue maybe not as strenuous as you know being in the military but still keeping up something um you know some kind of a yeah. workout regimen right and it's like i said it can be very basic like walking i feel like it's so underrated it it really makes a big difference in terms of like right helping with blood sugar control helping with fat burning helping with like um like your heart rate gets up a little bit but not a lot so what that does is it puts you in this nice like heart rate zone specifically for burning fat um so it's very very helpful for people that are um looking to stay lean i guess is the best way to put it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right they're looking to preserve that muscle mass but decrease or maintain a lower amount of fat loss. Um, right, right. And then just a little bit of weight, because as we all age, right, um, we tend to lose muscle mass. That's just a natural part of the aging process. And so to combat that, you can do anything that's resistance-based. So it could be it could be weights, it could be like resistance bands, it could be exercise in a pool where you're pushing against the resistance of the water. Um, but those mm-hmm. are all things that help to either maintain or increase muscle mass. But it's as we age, you do have to put in that effort to even maintain where you are. Um, and so. You know, most people as they're exiting the military are, well, all of them are going to be older than when they went in. You know, the, the mm-hmm. age gap will be different for everybody, but they they will have aged to some degree. Um, and so they also have that aspect to look at of like, okay, my body is not the same as when I went in, um, <laughs> also just be, because I'm older. Right, right. Hmm. Yeah. So there's, yeah. it's always good to maintain maintain some kind of exercise, whatever it may be, um, even if it's not as intense. Definitely, you know, even and I and I, you know, even even for me, you know, um, now that I'm retired, um, you know, although I did have a very set set sitting job, sedentary job, um, being a secretary. Um, but I have noticed that, you know, again, just just walking really helps me. Um and just doing you know, I and just doing things really around the house and just focusing, you know, it may sound you know, just doing, you know, simple things but you know, instead of thinking, oh, the only way I could exercise is joining a gym and going someplace. But no, I can. I, there's a lot of things I can do right around the house. Um, you talked about the pool resistance. My husband is um, actually undergoing physical therapy again because of his stroke, but he does um, the exercises in the pool. Most of his exercises are done in the pool. Um, so you get that resistance, yep. and so it's. But again, you know, it's going to be interesting with um, 
with Bobby just coming out. Now my brother, his you know, um, his father, he was in the service for like 25 years before he retired. Um, and so, you know, but he, so he wasn't in fighting shape after 25 years as like Bobby, I'm sure, is coming out of the Marines right now. Um, but I am definitely going to mention it to him about, you know, keeping that in his mind to keep to keep active. Um, because, you know, you might have the mindset, oh, I don't have to take those hikes anymore. I don't have to do this anymore. And I can just lay back and, you know, settle back. But, you know, not not at, <clears throat> not at his young age. Um, he's, you know, I just hope he doesn't get into bad habits and just, you know, um, just say, oh, and now I don't have to exercise because I'm not in the service because um, you don't want to be, you know, 70 like I am and say, oh, I wish I had kept, you know, um, kept up, you know, the the exercise that I did, you know, did in younger years. So, but that's, yeah, um, it's definitely something I'm going to mention to him when I see him. As a good and then on the yeah so there's the exercise component and that end of it but then there's also the the eating and food end of it as well and so if if um, if you're coming from a situation where you're not really making many food decisions and you're not preparing the food um, Uh that is a huge learning curve to suddenly have to make your own food. Or go out and find it in the wild, right? Like from from restaurants and things like that, which can get, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that gets expensive if you're eating out all the time. But that's, I mean, that's just some people's reality. I've definitely had clients like that where they don't make food. They just get it out to eat. Um, But then knowing, like, you know, not going just based on taste and what sounds good, but also what's going to, like, fuel you well and knowing what to look for is I feel like there really isn't anything great for that um, unless they're given like some brief education on the way out but then cooking becomes like my suggestion suggestion for anybody that's just starting out with cooking no matter the reason right is to get a simple cookbook and just work your way through it. So this isn't like a standard cookbook. Like you're not talking about like the joy of cooking where it's got every recipe you could possibly like want. (laughs) Um, This is like cooking for dummies or like something where it's geared towards being a very basic cookbook that's just like I did a quick Google and I found like cooking for dummies, how to feed yourself. I don't know how to cook. Um, these are things that are going to be quick and simple. Um, yes. And then usually any of, like, the the cookbooks that are, like, 30 minutes or less, those are going to be quick and simple, too. But they're, right, but the marketing's a little bit different. You can look at for cookbooks that are marketed towards people that don't know how. So that's, like, your cookie cooking for dummies, how to feed yourself, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Or looking at it from, I need something quick and easy. So that's your 30 minutes or less 
type cookbooks, and there's so many like that, so many that just quick, simple, and then work your way through it. Some of them you might hate, some of the recipes you might like, but that way you're getting the experience of cooking different things, right, different mm-hmm. ways of cooking stuff, different ingredients, that kind of thing, to get the experience of how to pair things together, um, how to actually use different cooking techniques, things like that. I remember as a new bride having to call my mother and ask how to boil an egg. I mean, it sounds silly. You know, obviously it was 50 years ago, but um, again, you know, I... I was given or I bought, I can't remember, just a very simple, it was a Betty Cracker cooking for two, very simple meals and very oh, simple yeah. recipes. Believe it or not, that is one that I use still to this day, that that slim little cookbook. Um, you know, it just has basic. And, you know, and that's that's what you need, really need to start, you know, just just basics. And that's, I mean, you can find an absolute wealth of recipes online, but that can get really Mm -hmm. overwhelming, right, when you don't know what you're looking for, which is why I revert back to getting a nice paper book um, and working through it because then it's, it's limiting the scope so that there's not so much overwhelm. Um, You know that you're just working from that versus, like Googling like how to make chicken parm and then sorting through, you know, the hundreds of different options on how to do it and trying to figure out which one's easiest. Yes. Yeah. You know, and it, it, it's you know, definitely the learning curve. To be, um, to eat healthy, it, it doesn't have to be super fancy or have so many different ingredients it can you know um you know you know and so i i like you know um you know the the cooking the cooking for dummies but you know as as long as you know it's it's something that is doable that somebody wouldn't start um like for instance i was talking with my sister-in-law um about Bill, um, that Bill, Bobby, there's Billy and Bobby, Bill and Bobby coming um, coming home and he's going to get his own apartment. He's already talked about, you know, getting his own apartment. Yeah, he's not going to move in with, um, you know, with my sister-in-law. My brother-in-law passed away a couple of years ago. Um, so, <clears throat> or my brother passed away a couple of years ago. So anyways, so he'll be on his own. And so this is something, and maybe that's what I'll get for him for a housewarming gift or apartment warming gift, um, one of those basic cookbooks like, like you had suggested. That's a, you know, that's a great idea. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's easier to digest. Um, it's just it's easier to kind of focus in and say, okay, this is what I can use versus like being overwhelmed by all of the possibilities. 
um, that are mm-hmm. out there. It's really about finding one tool that works. And usually in the situation of learning how to cook as an adult, one recipe book to work through is easier. I mean, I've done, like, I've done, like, cooking classes for adults where we learn, like, basic cooking skills and things. But that's not always something that's readily available or, um, like, those cooking classes might be geared towards um, making more, like, specialty foods, right? Like, somebody Mm -hmm. that's just learning how to cook does not need to know how to make, like, pasta from scratch. You need to know how to, like, boil the water kind of a thing, like, how long to how long to hard boil an egg and things like that? Yeah, so. <laughs> stuff like that. I mean, the things yeah, that I just, now are second nature. And sometimes too, with guys, they might not want to take a cooking class, you know, but they need the knowledge, um, you know. But they might not be um, as readily avail readily inclined to take a class where a woman might. Um, so, so in that case, you know, a good cookbook um, talks about nutrition. You know, I looked at my mom was a home ec teacher um, in years past, and she still has her college books, and I, I have the, the one. Um, and it really, you know, and this is back in the 40s, but how it stresses nutrition and well-balanced. Um, so that's, that's kind of cool. Mary, is that you that just joined us? No, it's Bob. Oh, it's Bob, of course. I don't have my little cheat sheet in front of me. Um, um, I have the numbers and names written down. Hello. Well, welcome to the show. We're just talking about the importance of um, exercise and diet, especially for somebody just coming out of the service. Um, and so we're taking care of um, your own meals and um, your own exercise um, is is very important because things that have been um, more or less decisions made for you before now coming out of the service, um, you, you're you in charge of making those decisions. So that's what we were talking about just now. Yeah, I, yeah. I understand so, that. And I, was, I, I, appreciate the, <clears throat> I appreciate what you guys are talking about. I, I can uh, <clears throat> attest to it personally because I have um, been in a period of uh, <clears throat> almost three months of inactivity because of my broken foot. And uh, mm-hmm. my doctor had recommended that I try to stay off of it and, and stay home as much as possible. And that's what I've been doing. And it's, uh, <clears throat> it's a, um, so I have to, I'm, I'm getting into um, more of an exercise program now to uh, rehabilitate my, uh, my whole body because um, I, I feel it in my arms, I feel it in my legs, I feel it in my feet. And um, it's because I have been inactive so long, and um, so I, I have to get myself back in shape. And uh, so it's it's really important uh, to do that, and uh, to do it on a regular basis, and to do it on a uh, um, a, a very um, uh, regimented schedule. And I think that's that's really important, also. 
Go ahead. Yeah, Back and setting up a schedule for yourself, um, right, like we were talking about earlier, does not have to be something super intense. Um, but scheduling it can make a huge difference, um, right, and knowing, like, okay, it's whatever, Monday at 8 o'clock, this is the time that I go to the gym, and making it essentially an appointment for yourself, or even if you're not going to the gym and you're just going, you know, in your living room and working out, um, having it as, like, an appointment is, it increases the likelihood that you're actually going to do it rather than just trying to remember, like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to exercise at some point today. And it, that makes it easier to, like, put it off and not necessarily do it, which is not what we want to have happen. Um, That's a good point. So, yeah, scheduling it. Even, like, scheduling eating. Like, I have eating breaks scheduled into my day so that I don't, get sucked into what I'm doing and forget. Um, so scheduling can be a huge help uh, when you're, like, transitioning from different, I guess, different schedules, right, just making yourself a new one, right, going from one where the schedule is imposed upon you to then just making your own and not seeing it as, like, a negative thing, it's, it's a positive. You get to be in control of the schedule this time, so it's different. Um, but that schedule that was helpful before can continue to be helpful in a slightly different way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. And hey, it's uh, it's also important to uh, not overdo it in the beginning. Is to uh, start in slow and work your way up uh, to a uh, <clears throat> to an optimal level. Of, of exercises and and uh, and of of, of uh, you know as far as a diet is concerned, I, I uh, my wife is very good about that. She's uh, she is a very good cook and she uh, she prepares things that are that are very important for our health, um, such as uh, uh, fruits and vegetables every day and and uh, uh, multiple amounts of those every day and and uh, good meats and and she doesn't really fry hardly anything um it's it's all if she does she'll fry it in in water or oil and um <clears throat> but she she does a very uh, a very good job of keeping the diet going and i'm i'm very much into supplements um uh, supplementing the body because i know that everything we eat uh, it's not giving us everything we need. So um, I, uh, I think that's very important also in, in uh, rehabilitation through, um, uh, for, for whatever it is that you have uh, that a person has gone through. It's very important to do that. So back to you guys. Sure. Yeah. It's right. So starting slow is, is certainly important for somebody who's just starting a new exercise routine, right, and making sure that you're cleared by your doctor, you don't have any cardiac issues with starting exercise, things like that. But for somebody who's coming from a, like, high-intensity exercise situation or with, um, like, a high frequency as well as high intensity, they don't have to start slow. They can dive right back into where they were. Um, and, you know, if it's been a couple months off, they may have to start a little bit lighter on their weights, a little bit easier on their runs, but it actually comes back very quickly, um, that ability, because it was there in the past. It 
comes back faster than somebody starting completely from scratch, which I always think is yeah. very cool to watch. Um, if somebody takes off a couple months for some reason, it, it comes back faster than you would think, and that's because our frame of reference is usually starting from, from zero. But certainly that's a for very somebody good point. who is... Yep. Yep, yeah, that's excellent. somebody starting Thank from you. scratch does need to definitely go in easy because um, if you go hard and then have to rest for two weeks afterwards, you're really not getting any benefit out of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, yeah so it, it depends, you know, how long they've taken off before they decided to start something. Um, but typically if somebody is starting up an exercise routine right after getting out, they they don't have to scale back or anything. They can just start right in. That now, when great. somebody does need the service, does are there any like um, um, help along the way? Do they do they cover anything like you know, like this? What you're talking about, um, or is it really just well, your service is over? You know. Um, you know, see you later. Um, you know, do they have any like classes to um, have somebody come out of the service and realize, okay, you need, you know, maybe you have a checking account, but you need all these services and things. Is there a, any? Does the VA help with any of that? Um, I I just don't know how that how that works. Well, I can I can um, answer part of that. I think from from a number of my friends that have been in the service and have come out, um, they give them very little um, um, uh, instructions on on what to do and to maintain their health. Um, but if but if you if you go to the VA and and uh, and ask them, they will they will um, usually give you some recommendations on what to do. Um, so I think um, I think that's the best way to do it is just to go to the VA, um, uh, the, the VA doctor or VA hospital, and and tell them you you want to get you you want to keep your shape and you want to you want to um, uh, uh, you know get get uh, back in in in, uh, in good physical shape, and um, they will they will give you some recommendations and they probably have uh, materials that they hand out also. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I haven't seen any of that, so I, I can't really um, uh, tell you what what uh, what they they would do. But I know okay. a couple of my friends have, have have gone to the VA and they have helped them in a number of different areas in that in getting their themselves uh, getting themselves in physical shape for either for a job that they're going to be doing um, or just just because they want to they want to do it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I would love to be able to ask Mary that question too, because I feel like she right works right. in um, yeah like a, that health and nutrition aspect in the military. So she might know like what's available to somebody that's leaving. And it, but it sounds like if you ask, right, it's not just going to be handed to you as a resource, but if you ask there might be some help available through the VA. Okay. Yeah, I think. So, cause that's, yeah, I don't, I don't know of anything particular. Um, 
And it's that's I I like the idea of like calling the VA and asking because they would hopefully guide you towards like um like credentialed resources or have handouts and things that are from like like credentialed academies and things like that and scientifically backed mm-hmm. versus just going online and um like picking something um that might not necessarily be the best option or suited to that particular person, right? That's when you tend to find like one size fits all options. And uh, especially when it comes to like health and wellness, it's really not one size fits all. Yeah. Cause I think of the VA more as like the hospital. Um, if you know, if they have a medical problem, yes, but I was just wondering if, you know, when you leave the service, if they have classes before you go. Um, I know when I retired, you know, just recently, they um, pointed me in a whole bunch of directions because, you know, all my benefits and everything had been through my job and so um, gave me, you know, had a heads up on, on different things, um, you know, financially and things like that. Maybe it's just because I worked at a law firm that they did stuff like that, but I was just wondering if they, when you leave the service, like my nephew's doing this week, if um, if they have, you know, some some basic, okay, you know, you're going back into the real world now, you know, here's what you have to do. So I just, I just wondered see about that. See what he says about it, right? Like once you get to talk to him, yes. I'd be very interested yes. to see um, and let yes. us know yes. because yes. I would love to know what what that experience is like from like the hey how to take care of yourself um now that you're not being like told what to do essentially right right yeah i'll i'll be seeing him if not before definitely on thanksgiving so excellent that'll be very interesting yes i definitely Um, will find out my guess is there isn't anything um but who knows? I have been known to be right. wrong before. <laughs> well, it's, it's something that we Every have experienced. <laughs> right. That's the thing. Is I, I, right, I have never been in the military, so I've never left the military. Um, so I, I don't have that experience. Good. Good. That's a very, uh, what, what we're, you're all talking about here today is a very important and uh, for, for anybody, not, even, uh, not only just the military people, but for anybody that's gone through a, a long period of pause in their, in their normal routine. And uh, so it's, I think it's very important uh, for this program, and I, and I appreciate you, uh, Mary, bringing it on, and, uh, and Linda, you helping out here today, and, and Beth, uh, the expertise that you have is certainly very important to uh, to uh, to all of us, and thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I enjoy it. Um, it's it's so interesting to watch the tell. different <laughs> topics that come out of this and are like born of this podcast. Because when Mary and I first talked about it, I was like, "What do I like talk about?" It just seems so broad, and she's like, literally. Whatever, and it's just the the topics just kind of keep coming, and it's like, oh, well, let's do like a dive into this, or let's 
run a series on meals, and it just kind of has evolved. No pun intended. That's the name of my business. Um, so it's it's very cool to watch and be a part of. Well, there's so many aspects to health and wellness, you know. I mean, and some things that we just take for granted, oh, oh I've always done that. I've always eaten that. Well, maybe that's kind of the problem. Um, maybe, you know, switch to, um, I know, like, um, I really don't eat fried food. Once in a while, I'll have French fries with something, but I don't eat them all. I Because I have found fried food doesn't agree with me. Um, so, you know, so, you know, and so you kind of have to listen to your body, too, on what you should be doing. Um, but the knowledge that you're imparting um, just makes sense, you know, because I would, I had thought, and sometimes people think this way, that in order to work out, I have to do some huge, great big um, workout. I have to go to the gym. I have to lift the weights. I have to spend hours. No, you know, what you were saying, you know, 20 minutes of something, as long as you're consistent. And I love that, what you said about just after a meal, just taking a walk. Just don't go, you know, sit down. Um, even something as simple as clearing the table and doing the dishes and bending and stretching and, you know, that that can be, a, it would have to be a positive as opposed to just going and sitting down, especially after a large meal like Thanksgiving would be. Yeah, that's, and especially Thanksgiving, like you've got the opportunity to influence so many family members because typically we're gathering, right? And so if you yep. can bring up, hey, let's go for a walk, and even if it's a 10, 15-minute walk, right, that's, that's fantastic, and it's helping everybody in the room potentially try yep. something new that they haven't before of getting up and moving after they eat um, and helping all of them with their health. You know, walks are very good, very, very good exercise. And I, I love going on a walk with my wife and, and uh, some of the other family members. Uh, and it's, it's just uh, it's a good uh, experience, and it's, and it's a, I, I call it a spiritual walk because it is. <laughs> it gets us out into nature and, and uh, allows us to uh, be refreshed uh, uh, with the air and, uh, and everything and the sunshine and and um, just to just to look at nature, see all the trees and the flowers and everything else out growing outside the grass. It just it just gives us a very spiritual feeling, and it's very good exercise, very good exercise. And I'm I'm going to be yeah. trying, I'm going to be doing that because I, that's one of the things I've included into my exercise plan is to um, is to walk every day. And um, and it doesn't have to be exactly every day, but um, as, as much as possible. And uh, you don't need any special equipment for that either, you know, except maybe a, a good pair of uh, sneakers uh, to uh, mm-hmm. to uh, to walk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some some kind of shoe. I know I've definitely done it in my slippers on the treadmill in my basement. So it's some variety of shoe is going to work. Um, but, yeah, especially if you're outside and especially if you're, um, like, 
out in like the woods more, you definitely want a, a good shoe, um, something supportive uh, when the surface is uneven like that. But it's, there are additional health benefits to walking um, outside as opposed to inside where you're getting in um, like sunshine and fresh air and things like that. And you can actually, there's like a term for it called a nature bath like where you're spending that time out in nature and it can be quite spiritual like you were mentioning. Um, so yeah, it's, it's called a nature bath. I like that. <laughs> yeah. It's just going out and being in nature. Um, mm-hmm. and like the relaxation that it brings you and the clarity that you can get from it, from like disconnecting essentially and really focusing on just being present um, is is helpful from the like stress relief and mental health perspective of health and wellness as well, um, as well as like the physiological benefits of moving your body with the walking. That's a wonderful point. Yeah. Yeah. It's um yeah, and so like we touched on, um, it's not always just what you're doing, but when you're doing it too, right? So, um, like the walking after eating changes the benefits. Walking anytime or exercising anytime is going to be better than nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I always like to point out because we. I just I feel like there's so much all or nothing out there, right? Like either you have to do it this way or you're doing it wrong. And it's really some is better than nothing. And like doing your best and actively working towards your end goal of like say your end goal is to walk after meals, but it just hasn't been working out and so you're going in like the middle of the afternoon or something instead, it's still better than nothing. Right? And if you're yeah. working on learning how to cook and you're only cooking like once a week right now and the rest is takeout, like it's still better than nothing. And then right with the habit stacking, you work towards continual improvement. So say this week you've cooked once for yourself, next week try twice. Um, And especially if you're like living alone and only cooking for yourself, you might only need to cook three or four times a week and that gives you all of your lunches and dinners for the entire week because you can use the leftovers. It's not that you have to cook for every single meal, right? If you're making if you're making a recipe that serves four, but there's only one of you, you've got three extra portions of it that you can use for other meals. Right, right. Exactly. You know, with, with the... Even with Ron and I, the two of us together, um, you know, we have cut down a lot on how much we eat. Um, so, you know, yes, one meal, um, we usually have, like, I made um, stuffed peppers, stuffed green peppers the other day. And, um, you know, so I still have some, you know, we only ate one each. And so we have two more to, um, you know, to heat up. 
um, I'll put them in the air fryer and just, you know, heat those through. And it's another meal. So, again, it was just cooking once but making two meals. Um, yeah, yeah, so something, you know, simple like that. Um, it, well. That tends to be less daunting than full-on meal prep, right, where some people cook on Sunday for the entire week. And so they're dedicating a lot of time in one portion of their week to be yeah. used for the rest of the week. And that's certainly one way of doing it. But I, I find that, I mean, for myself and then for most of my clients, it's just a little bit less daunting to think about. Like, yeah. instead of, oh, God, I have to spend, like, three hours on Sunday cooking. It's like, no, I'm going to cook dinner three nights this week, and I know that I've got the leftovers for the other meals. And so it's right. it's that forward planning and forward thinking, but without making it all at the beginning of the week. You still know what's coming. Right. You still know you have all the stuff, but you you kind of spaced out when you're actually doing the the food prep. Yeah, I find that works much better. Um, you know, um, chicken. Yes, you know, taking you know chicken cutlets and you know lightly breading them and baking, and then you have extra. So I've had um, Caesar chicken Caesar salad, you know, um, with with some of the leftovers. You know, it's just you know. Yeah. But I, I yeah I, I find that a lot easier to do than trying to spend my whole Sunday afternoon preparing meals for the rest of the week. <laughs> that wouldn't work and for me. And everyone is different, right? So yeah. there's some people where that definitely works better for them, but um, everybody's different. So I just yeah. find that this yeah. technique works best for me. Um, yeah, find out what works yeah, for you. But yeah, more power to the people that do it ahead of time. Right, right. Well, I will it's, definitely um, only, um, be, go ahead. Oh, the only time I've ever done it that way, um, kind of, is when I was in grad school with a newborn. Um, and I would, at the beginning of the semester, take a day, and my mom and I would prep freezer meals um, for the entire semester. So that I knew I could cook two freezer meals a week um, for twelve weeks. So that was that was a giant undertaking. But that and that was prepping for the full twelve week semester. Um, mm-hmm. But it was that was certainly worth it, just because I knew what I was going into. Um, I was not going to be having time to cook, but I could certainly pull something yeah, out of the one, freezer one that was already. <laughs> yeah, That's exactly. Smart. That's smart. Yes. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Wonderful. What time is it? Oh, it's, it's 12.55 already. Yeah, it flies by. And I'm trying to get better at remembering at the end of the show to say that People are certainly welcome to follow me. Um, my I'm most active on Instagram, um, and that's at Beth Wyman underscore RD. And then I'm also on Facebook. There's the Optimize My Life radio page, and there's actually a chat section for this show. So if anybody has questions, topic ideas, 
like, you know, comments about the show, things they want to add in when they're listening to the replay. I would love to hear it. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you, Beth. You you, you keep up the good work. You're doing a great job, young lady. Oh, thank um, you. And and I uh, we would appreciate you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. This find is out really with my nephew. And thank you, Linda, for hosting today. Great job. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I'll find out from my nephew about um and you know and we can share with other um other times too and I'll. Um, between Mary and you know, because anytime someone's had a um, complete change of lifestyle, more or less, um, you know, there's changes to be made, and um, and probably easier ways and more efficient ways and healthier ways to go about you know about something. I know my I what my mom's youngest sister um, never married, and she said. It's so easy, would be so easy just to grab something to eat. But she said she has forced herself over the years um, just to sit down and have a meal. You know, don't just, you know, stand, you know, stand at the stove and eat something or just snack. Um, yeah. To actually cook a meal and sit down and eat it, even if you're eating by yourself at home. Um, you know, because it's just a healthier way to do something. Otherwise, you know, you, you know, you just gain extra weight, just snacking on things instead of having a balance, uh, you know, a meal with, you know, your vegetables and, you know, um, you know, the, the full, full meal. So with that, um, unless, um, Beth, if you want to just wrap it up and just say anything um, to close out the show now. I, um, no, I don't have anything great. Uh, thank you for having me. I love talking about this, about food. Join us next week um, for a, another episode of Nutrition Matters. Um, and, yeah, I know Mary gets feedback about the show, but if anybody wants to reach out um, in that Nutrition Matters chat, I'd love to hear it, too. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Bob. Um, well, well, thank you, um, guys. Thank you very much. God have, bless you both and your family. You too. You too. You have a wonderful, wonderful afternoon. So it, we're, <laughs> it's closing us out right now. So with that, I'll talk. I'll remember um, Monday through Friday, um, same time. Same time, same channel. Um, there'll be other shows and we can talk. And otherwise, we'll see you next Wednesday for Nutrition Matters with Beth Wyman. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.